Jensen. What's going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen, and it is time for another Friday Night Live. What is going on? Goodness gracious, it's kind of snuck up on me. I was reading the email and looked over, and it was 9 o'clock, so I had to hurry up and jump on here. Let me get a few things situated on my big screen and we will get things rocking and rolling what is up every aiden aiden and hayden got going to on early today man you guys are going back and forth with comments that was pretty cool jose rios what's going on what's going on uh jose rios asked me how long did it take me to reel in my 25 pound catfish not very long uh once i got him out of the rock pile i was using eight pound cigar brazex and i didn't think i was going to get him in but uh, there was a guy behind me that was fishing out of his big boat for food. And so I uh, asked him if he wanted it and took it over to his boat. So let him take it home. But um, goodness gracious, it was fun, though. But I knew probably 10, 15 seconds into it that it was not a bass. It was doing the old roll and the and weird head, head shake. So it's wasn't happy about not being a bass because I'm fishing a, a, a little tournament right now. But anyway. What's going on? Cali Bass Kid, what's up? John, what's going on, brother? Landon Daniel, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Um, Timothy, that's funny about your hunting. He said, what's up? Yeah, of anything, my hunting season so far has proved why I love fishing. <laughs> I get that, man. I get that. I hunted for many, many years goodness i wish i still had time to, to focus a little bit on that but i don't so i'll let my kids hunt oh man what's up what's up uh joey salter what's going on lanny mize eli self what's up man what's going on I'll let people jump on here goodness there's already 131 people on here all right quick business you guys that have come on here every friday know what's going on uh, we do this whole thing, a little giveaway that I do every month called Stuck on Fluke. Pretty simple. You go to my website, flukemaster.com, this one right here, and uh, you pick up a sticker. Have them to ship it to you when you get it shipped. Uh, stick it on something fishing related, your truck, whatever. I don't care. Take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, use hashtag Stuck on Fluke and tag me in it. And once a month, I draw a winner, and the winner gets a $50 gift card from Tackle Warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. And then in the spring, I'm going to draw from the winners, from the monthly winners, and we're gonna I'm going to take somebody fishing. So that's the giveaway. Pretty cool. So go check it out on my website. And that's the business. So I want to tell you guys a little story before we go with the Q&A. Um, I... Have had one of the hardest week of fishing weeks of fishing that I've had all year. Um, it took me two two days to get my head out of my butt and decide that the bass, for some crazy reason, were deep. Um, so what has happened was I, I it's fall. I figured the bass were going to be in less than five feet of water. I spent days and what seems like forever going around with your typical fall baits and trying to get force feed bass. I mean the bait fish were shallow or some of the bait fish were shallow. And so I went around and went around. Well, yesterday I finally said, you know what? I'm going to fish 15 feet and deeper. And so I grabbed some stuff, flutter spoon, that kind of thing that I would fish deep and started to catch little bass. And then I started looking around and the bait fish were all on the bottom in 15 to 20 feet of water. And I'm just like, there is something going on. And to this, at this very moment, I still can't figure out what is keeping the bass and the bait fish, the rest of the bait fish from moving shallow. I don't know if it's a water clarity issue, a, um, a plankton issue because the bait eats the, eat the plankton. I don't know. So I'm going to spend the next few days trying to figure that out. But I did catch a good one today, about a five pounder, uh, a couple of threes in 15 feet of water on a rock pile. So, oh, goodness. But anyway, that's how my week has gone. So they aren't always shallow in the fall. And to, to this, I don't know if it was the tropical storm that came through because we had the center of that tropical storm go straight through our my neighborhood and, to, and straight through the, the lakes that I fish. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or what. But 
it's been weird so anyway it is what it is what it is um let's go back to that banner all right that was my story um holy cow logan james weaver read this guys he says man i've been watching your videos since i was 16 and i'm uh 21 now that's awesome man that's awesome gosh how long have i been doing this um probably 12 years 11 or 12 years man it makes me wonder how many people i've taught how to fish goodness gracious anyway johnny ariel what's going on man he says letting uh letting water out of my lake seems to have uh push them off the banks yeah that'll do it in a heartbeat they are mo most mostly suspended one uh only luck is a deep brush pile yeah that that would be what happens is as that water starts to fall those bass and all the fish really but those bass get scared they don't want to get trapped up in that shallow water where they can't get out so they're going to pull out to the next available cover and if the water keeps falling they're going to pull out to the next available cover and as they're draining that lake that's what happens they're not going to stay shallow my lake is up as high as it'll go it's not dropping or anything they're just it's just weird it's just weird um dale morris uh, morris says congrats on your georgia championship title i should cry about not being able to catch fish too <laughs> it's different when it's your when you know this is what i do for a living you guys get to go to work and have a bad day and then go fishing and have a good day. I have to go fishing and have a bad day. Uh, my bad day at work is a bad day of fishing. <laughs> uh, Hayden's making fun of my voice crack. Yeah, my throat's pretty dry. But uh, I don't know why. It's just the weather. It, everything's dry right now here in Georgia. Goodness, I just bumped, jumped past a whole bunch. Um... Adrian Warfield asked a question about smallmouth fishing. I don't do a whole lot of smallmouth fishing. Uh, go to the YouTube channel Smallmouth Experience, I think it's called. Uh, ben Nowak is the guy that runs that uh, that deal. He is a smallmouth guru. I get up there and go fishing with him every other year or so. Great dude and and really knows his smallmouth fishing. Um, Michael Pacenti uh, says chatterbait with a fluke been killing it here in northern california that's awesome you know what i thought about doing that today but the bass really haven't been chasing much but if they start chasing i want to take the skirt off of a chatterbait and just put a fluke on there or a paddle tail fluke or something and uh and see what happens because i've seen a lot of pictures and a lot of video of pros doing that like some of the touring pros um and i just have never tried it so <laughs> might as well try it chris marty what's going on man uh sns outdoors i just got my first top water rod through my high school team and i still need a to spool it up what pound model do you use for the treble hook top water uh, top waters thanks 12 pound is probably ideal uh there have been times where i go 15 but 12 is uh is pretty good is that's exactly that's probably what i would put on there so let's see fishing on hope hey gene what do you think about wire leaders i fished uh the plains river in illinois and a lot of pike there so when i'm up in uh lacrosse wisconsin the, the few times i go up there um same issue and i love to catch them on a hollow body frog but i hate losing my frogs so the first time i went up there i didn't have any steel leaders and i lost like 10 frogs in a day that's a lot of money um so i uh I started using really short, the lightest wire steel leaders I can find, and that's fine. Now, if I was cranking or anything like that, I, I think that steel leader would mess up the action of the crankbait uh, too much, and so I probably wouldn't use it. But top water and that kind of stuff, I haven't had a problem at all using it. So, what trailer works best with a buzz bait? Just, um, just your standard spinnerbait trailer hook. Oh, we're talking about trailer. I was thinking trailer hooks um i don't really use a trailer what i do is i pull the skirt off of all of my buzz baits you look in my my kayak right now and i've got five buzz baits in my cup holder none of them have a skirt on it and i'll throw a a, a grub like a little uh fat albert grub or a rage grub um a paddle tail swim bait sometimes but the two i throw the most is a grub and a uh and a horny toad uh a zoom horny toad are the, the two that i fish the most I don't ever fish with a skirt unless I don't have anything to put on one. And then I, 
I'll dig a skirt out of a spinnerbait or something. So, uh, what's your advice on graphing a super grassy lake, as in all grass, no grass lines? You know, Wisconsin lakes, golly. Um, honestly, I don't look for fish then. I look for drops and changes in depth and stuff like that. And I, I don't really pay much attention to looking for fish because if they're in the grass or anything around it, it's going to be hard to see them. So I'm not looking for fish. I'm looking for changes in depth and elevation. I'm looking for rocks. I'm looking for stumps and that kind of stuff that's in the grass. So that's basically what you got to do. Um, let's see. Hey, Gene, it's going to be 70 degrees all weekend in Buffalo. Wow, that's awesome. The last few weeks have been in the 40s. Any tips for late heat wave in the south, in the northeast? Go go find the rocks and the logs that are in shallow water. Uh, I don't care how cold it is. I've, I, there was a day years ago where I had to break, take a big rock and throw it on the boat ramp and break the ice on the end of the boat ramp here in Georgia, about a quarter inch of ice. And then get the boat in the water and then break ice all the way out to the main lake. And once I got out to the main lake, I started catching them on a spinnerbait on rock that was on the bank or close to the bank and on logs that were laying in the water because that's what the sun heated up first. And so the bass kind of migrated that way. Now, the bite didn't start until after, you know, 11, 30, 12, somewhere around noon. But once that sun got things warmed up, they moved right up against the rocks and the, and the logs. So, um, Jose Rios, he says, your videos, oops, it just disappeared. Your videos have done a lot for me. I started fishing this past summer and your videos have taught me a ton. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I don't know why my throat's so stinking dry. Trawl Pat. Gaming. Uh, he says, I'm relatively new to Georgia, moved here in June, started kayak fishing, first time fishing, uh, first time fishing ever in August. I've learned a ton from your videos. Keep up the great work. Thanks, man. Um, since you just moved here to Georgia, I give you a tip. Go to the uh, the Wildlife Resources Division or the, the Department of Natural Resources website. Uh, follow it into the fishing section of it and then look for places to fish and they have a huge list and you can search by county. They have a huge list of all the public waters, small ponds and so on and so forth that you can fish uh, in Georgia. One of the best resources, man. I Years ago, before when gas, gas prices were cheap and before they, they shot up into the, you know, $4 range, $3 or $4 range, I was going to write a book on all the small lakes in Georgia and I had to nix that because I couldn't afford the gas. So uh, that was always a good resource, that that part of the website. What's your best bet for Tennessee fishing over the next couple of weeks? There are a couple of nice kayak fishing tournaments down there. Whew. Um, I don't know about the next couple of weeks. With the weather the way it's been, it kind of has to go like half week to half week, not even day to day, not week to week. But you got to plan two or three days ahead of time. If there's a warm up, they're going to pull shallow up into the thick stuff. If it's cold, they're just going to be a little slower. They're not going to, it just all depends. That's a hard question to answer just because there's so much changing right now. The bass should be shallow, like dirt shallow. Like you reach down in the water and feel the bottom, you know, without falling out of your kayak, they should be that shallow. Now, it all depends. It's like right now I'm suffering from my bass or for some reason deep and I don't know why. So uh, that's kind of a roundabout way to not answer your question. But <laughs> the best thing to do is start shallow. And if they're not shallow, move a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper till you find them. Uh, all right. I'm going to jump way ahead because I'm way behind in questions. Um, <laughs> Damien. So Damien and I were fishing together today. He would, him and I were fishing the same spot on the lake <clears throat> and we're fishing the same tournament. So I sent him a picture. I caught two fish after he left, not very big ones, but just enough to squeak ahead of him by a quarter of an inch in the tournament. Uh, <laughs> and I still haven't sent him the pictures of, of his fish here. Damien, to make up for it, I'm going to show everybody the picture of your fish that you caught today. And I'm not going to tell them the whole story behind it. But let's get to focus. That's Damien and his fish. Look at that bass. It's about what, six, three, six pounds, three ounces, something like that. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'll send it to you later. But anyway, pretty cool. Um, let's see. Josh says, just got my kayak registered after adding a motor. My kayak has a little bit of a textured finish. What's the best way to ensure the stickers actually stick? Lightly sand down an area. I wouldn't lightly sand down an area. Now, what happens is the, that's how the molds are with the kayaks and bonafides are real bad at it or, or that way too. You have spots that are slick and you have spots that are textured. You're not going to get a sticker to stick on that textured stuff. So if it's your whole kayak, your option is to very carefully get a heat gun and, and heat the area you want to put the sticker in to smooth it out. You run a huge risk of melting your plastic way too much. So what, what Bonafide does after they get done uh, pulling a, uh, one out of a mold is they'll take a, actually a blowtorch. It's a big, actually a big flamethrower, and they actually uh, smooth it all out using a flamethrower while it's still hot and soft plastic. But that's the best way that I know of. The other way is just don't put a sticker where it's textured. Put stickers in other places. So... Um, Oh, that's a good one. When you figured out they were deep, what was uh, some of your go-to lures for that situation? I went to a blade bait, um, a, a spoon. What else did I throw? Um, I ended up throwing a shaky head today, thanks to Damon. Uh, he loaned me a shaky head because I didn't have any. What else? Uh, and a Texas rig. Something like They weren't on the bottom, but they were close enough to be able to catch them on something like that. If they're off the bottom a couple of feet, you'll never catch them on a jig, on a jig or anything on the bottom. So that's what you need to try. That's that's what I went with. And I caught that little tiny bait. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram post, but I caught a five and a quarter inch bass on a uh, on a blade bait. It was hilarious. Do you think dropping down your kayak anchor disturbs the fish? If you drop it on the fish, yes, of course, it's going to disturb the fish. Um, if it's a rocky bottom, yes, it will make enough noise to where the fish will get a little bit alarmed. Uh, what I try to do is if I know I've got a hard bottom and stuff like that, I slowly lower it down and try to be as quiet as I possibly can. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's what I try to do. So... Um, Oh, goodness. Have you fished Lake Sinclair in Georgia uh, and you have any tips for real dark water? I have not fished Sinclair in many, many years, too many years to even talk about. Um, the dark water or muddy water or dirty water, just go watch the video that I made a couple a year ago uh, about fishing muddy water. Uh, the bass don't go deep when it's when there's no visibility down there. So they want to stay up shallow. They're going to be in that shallow cover. You got to make multiple casts to them, that kind of stuff. And it's a really good, very in-depth video um, about uh, about fishing muddy, muddy water. But that's a that's the gist of it. The bass move shallow, and you got to throw baits that you can fish in cover shallow. They get real close to that cover. So um, let's see. Hey, Fluke, what size drop shot hooks do you usually use? Wheelless and nose hook. Um, gosh. It, one aught, either a number one or a one aught drop shot hook, and then I use those little G finesse um, hooks with the little um, tin bait keeper, and I can't remember what they're called, but uh, Aaron Martin's uses them when he when he's drop shotting, and they're made by Gamagatsu. That's all I that's all I can remember, but they're all one aughts. I use mostly one number ones and one aught hooks. Uh, Z-Man came out with a new chatterbait. <laughs> they, what they did, it, it, and it is new to them, and it's a genius thing. Uh, it's the chatterbait with a minnow on it, and it's what it is. With uh, I can't remember, probably the diesel minnow or something like that. I just saw a picture of it, but uh, the, genius, you know. So they probably changed the head shape too, but I didn't look close enough. Uh, let's see. Hot fever fishing says in the winter time in Virginia, what time of day is the best for bass? Hot fever fishing, family fishing show. Whoo. Um, I don't know. The, it's usually for me in the winter time. I usually don't go out there till about 10 o'clock in the morning and then I fish until dark. 
Um, and just because I can't stand it. Now, I can't imagine the bass being able to do much either. Depends on the water temperature, but goodness. Yeah, 1030, 10, 10 on up on through the rest of the day is probably best. Any tips for cold front fishing? We have had a big cold front come in and the bite's been tough. Any suggestions? Slow way down, slow way down and go to finesse presentations. Shaky heads, drop shots, that kind of stuff. So what did I just see? Uh, Richie Wilkins says, when I went fishing at the PFA in Rome yesterday, noticed your truck, but missed you. I didn't have any luck, but I was just curious what kind of tackle you used and what works best for you out there. I the, the baits that I just talked about was what I used yesterday. I actually caught a walleye yesterday out there. Now they stocked walleye there several years ago and haven't restocked them at all. So it's, they're few and far between and, and game warden and the, and the biologist always want to know when, when I catch one. And so I took pictures and everything else. But it was a 22 and a half inch walleye. It's pretty nice. Uh, and I didn't have anything to put it in. So I put it back in the water. But yes, I know all you purists love to eat them. And I would too, if I had something to put them in. I just rewatched your video on the Mojo rigs. Uh, when do you fish those season? Uh, it seems summertime, but what's the sweet spot? Spring, uh, use a tiny lizard. So start in pre-spawn. Uh, anytime I've got submerged grass, I'm going to fish it all the way through to the to the end of summer early actually into fall september october here in georgia but as until that grass is dead so if you got grass that's submerged and the bass are in it i'm throwing a mojo rig simple and easy what's up carolina bass hunter um how many georgians does it take to count votes <laughs> i have no clue i am not paying any attention to that bull crap uh getting into the sport what's the best kayak and paddle i can buy for around 700 max kayak and paddle so you're looking for about a in my opinion the a good paddle is more important than a good kayak to be honest with you because you get a cheap paddle it can leave you stranded it can really work your arms real bad and it can wear your butt out um and then just buy whatever kayak you can afford now uh, Banding Branches makes good paddles. Um, they have a, a less expensive brand, and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Uh, Aquabound is their is their other brand, is their big box brand. That'd be another good paddle. But spend more money than you think you should on a paddle. My first paddle was $100, and I still have that paddle. My wife uses it. I use it when I'm not using my Banding Branches paddles. And it's a really good paddle and it's lightweight and it doesn't flex real bad and it's easy to paddle for a long time. So that's kind of what you're looking for. But as for a boat, man, it's, you got to get out and try them. Uh, go to a paddle shop and get the paddle shop owner or the, the guys at the store to help you out and then find out when their demo days are in the spring and then go demo some kayaks. So definitely, definitely. Oh, goodness. Let me try to get caught back up. Joshua Grapp, thanks for the five bucks, man. I really appreciate it. That is awesome. That is awesome. He says, hey, Gene, I have a boat with two 12-volt batteries wired in parallel and would like to get a good solar charging system in place. Do you have any suggestions? Um, dude, I haven't even looked at solar chargers in a long time. Look at... um. Oh, look at some of these lithium battery companies. I'm sure, I, th I think there's a couple of them that sell solar chargers, but I have not looked into that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if uh, if uh, Dakota Lithium sells them or not, but check Dakota Lithium's website. Uh, Amped Outdoors is another one. Uh, just look and see what they offer in, uh, in chargers for their 12-volt batteries, and that should be about what you're looking for. So... Thanks for the five bucks, brother. I appreciate it. Um, do you recommend a pedal kayak or a non-pedal kayak? That is up to you, Elizabeth. It really is. I can't pedal. I personally can't pedal the egg beater type, you know, the old style egg beaters that are the bicycle type of, of pedal drives. Um, my hip can't handle it. My back can't handle it. So I, I steer away from those. If I was to own a pedal drive at this point in time, the only pedal drive that I would own would be a Hobie because of the way it, I can, I can push. I just can't do this. And so that's me personally. Um, I love my bona fide and I love to paddle and I can paddle fairly good. 
if my arms are healthy, I have tendonitis in both my arms. So sometimes I can't, and I, I just go with a motor and call it good. But, uh, but for you, it's going to be your own personal preference. Do you enjoy paddling? You know, I can paddle 12 miles a day and still get plenty of fishing in. Um, but it's, you know, it's all completely up to you. My, my personal opinion is the best paddle, uh, pedaling kayak on the market at this point in time is a Hobie. Uh, and the best paddling kayak on the market for fishing, the best fishing kayak on the market is a Bonafide. So definitely. Um, uh, thanks, Kevin Richel. I appreciate it. Is it uh, Chris Fatzer says, uh, is using a Texas rig belly weighted hook with a worm the same or similar action as a wacky worm if you just lift and then reel down? I do not under a belly weighted Texas rig. Um, I don't know. I don't, I never have Texas rigged with a Texas. A Texas rig is a hook with a sinker in front of it, a bullet sinker in front of it. That's a Texas rig. A belly weighted worm is a belly weighted worm. So it's kind of hard. It's a totally different rig. Um, so is it similar in action as a wacky worm? I wouldn't think so. I think it would be different. So the original wacky rig. Okay. So the original wacky rig had nothing to do with a Cinco or a, some type of a stick bait. Those did not exist back in the day. A wacky rig was a, just your, whatever worm hook you had on the end of your line weightless. And you took a trick worm and turned it and hooked it in the center and you jerked it like a jerk bait or a, you know, a fluke or something like that. And it would cause it to swim in the water and you could throw it shallow and cover and stuff like that and absolutely annihilate fish, and you still can. Uh, just nobody talks about it. Maybe I need to do a video about it, but that's the original wacky rig. And so when people talk about a wacky rig, and I understand nowadays they think about a Cinco, I don't. The first thing I think about is a, is a trick worm swimming in the water. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, got off on that little tangent. Uh, let's see... <laughs> Ed Wolf, he says, finally got an anchor wizard. Don't know how I lived without it this long. Those they are nice, man. It's nice to be able to manage your rope, your anchor rope, and not get it all hung up and everything. Uh, when just starting out fishing with lures, what's a good starter one? Uh, I'm going to give you my list, and then I'm going to give you the video. The list that I have is a spinner bait, a shaky head, um, a Texas rig. Uh, those are the three I would start with. There's a couple more and I can't remember them off the top of my head, but there's a video in my beginners, uh, bass fishing, my beginner bass fishing playlist called what lures to buy first or something like that. Go look at that one. It's got a whole list of, of basic lures. And the reason I chose the lures that are in that video is that they are a good starting point that when you learn how to use those, you can go on to other things that are similar in the way you use them, you know, like a Texas rig is similar to a jig and a shaky head is similar to a jig or a drop shot or something like that. And it's a finesse presentation, a spinner bait first, and then advance to a crankbait, that kind of stuff. So it's a good starting point that will build, you can build on later on down the road is the reason I chose the things in that video. So, uh, Let's see. Just got my kayak two days ago. Is a fish finder a game changer or does it not help too much? It is a game changer if you know how to read it. So get one and learn how to read it. I'll give you, for instance, I fished for uh, seven hours today. And I looked up off away from my fish finder a few times. And I've been looking at my fish finder so much that the, the, the sky was spinning because I've been focusing on it so much because I was fishing a little bit deeper. It is a game changer for me. I can't, I cannot fish without one anymore because I fish offshore a lot of times. So, but if you're wanting to go beat the bank and throw at things and stuff like that, and you don't care about going deep, then you don't need one. You know, you really don't. Um, Sorry, I had to take a drink and I'm trying to find a good question. Ever fished Grapevine Lake in Texas? I think I have once. 
I'd have to look on the map. I fished a few lakes in Texas, and some of them I'd like to forget. Uh, Belton is one of them. <laughs> uh, it's using a Texas rig belly weighted hook with a worm. I already read that one. No, with a worm and eight uh, eighth ounce pegged weight, the same or similar action as a wacky worm. Worm if you just lift and reel. No, it's not the same. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, here's a good question. Caden D outdoors. What's the difference between a glass and a graphite rod? So glass rods are typically crankbait rods. And when you're fishing like deep diving crankbaits or most crankbaits, you need a, a rod that bends a lot, bends from a right, a quarter of the way up the blank, all the way out to the tip. And typically, and in the, in the past glass rods, or have been great for that. And the reason being is if you fish too stiff of a rod with a crankbait, if you set the hook like you normally would pretty hard, um, a stiff rod will pull that crankbait out of the bass's mouth before it has a chance to really get it good. A And and also makes it real easy for the bass to throw, throw the hook because there's not a lot of play in that rod and it goes slack real easy. The only issue is, is when you have a big, you know, big baits and big crankbaits and stuff like that. If you don't set the hook hard with a rod that bends a lot, you're really not going to get those big hooks buried in that fish. So it's kind of a give and take thing. But glass rods typically bend a lot more. But there are graphite crankbait rods out there that bend enough to be able to, to be perfect. And I don't fish glass rods. I used to. I have had so many issues where I'll make a long cast with a deep diving crankbait be reeling it down and have a big giant bass grab a hold of it and you set the hook on it and the first thing those big bass do is go straight up out of the water and it that's all it takes you for some stinking reason i've never been able to set the hook on the the very you know on the end of a cast on a big fish and i've lost so many big fish by doing that so going to a graphite rod with less bend and a little bit more backbone have has allowed me to almost make that problem disappear. So I stay away from glass rods. So sorry, I had to pick my nose. It was itching. <laughs> um, Georgia specific question. It's a good one. Do you have to have a trout license for fishing rivers, regardless of what you are fishing for? If there are trout in that water and you are carrying baits and tackle that are meant for trout, you better have a trout stamp is the biggest thing. Um, or if you're, there's a list of rivers and creeks that Georgia has that are trout rivers and creeks to be safe. I would have a trout stamp if I was fishing any of those rivers and creeks for sure. Um, I, there's very few game wardens that are going to believe you that you're fishing, you know, the Altamaha river or whatever the river, I can't remember the name of the river up North. Anyway, that's got that's loaded with trout and you're fishing for smallmouth or largemouth stuff like that. So if it's got trout in it, I would have a trout stamp just to cover my tail. It ain't that expensive. So, uh, bass fisher one, two, three, I may be moving to Rome in the, uh, in the distant future. Any good lakes to fish? Nope. Mm -mm, none at all. Nope, don't follow me. I'm good. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, I'm going to get caught back up. There are. There's some good lakes around here. So, uh, Dustin Weaver, not sure if you remember me, but I was working the TRC booth with Bass Geek last year at the East Tennessee Fishing Show and talking with you. Uh, and you made me tweak a technique I was using and it's paid off. Just wanted to say thank you, buddy. That's awesome. And yeah, I do remember you. I remember talking to you. I don't remember what the tip was, but I remember talking to you. You and Bass Geek, man. Uh, Eli Self, what do you think the best place or website for tackle is for college kid on a budget? Thanks. Um, I buy all my stuff from, if I'm buying online, it's tackle warehouse is where I'm buying. Um, I just am really picky about what I buy and I don't, I don't buy a lot is the biggest thing. Set yourself a budget. One of the, 
Let me give you a, for instance, one of the smartest things I ever did was when tungsten first came out, tungsten was expensive. Still is. I couldn't afford it. I, and I wanted to use it. I just couldn't afford it. So what I did is every paycheck, I, I pulled money out and I went and I bought tungsten. Uh, at first, it was $10 a paycheck and I'd go and buy whatever I could buy tungsten wise with that $10. And then it was $20 and I did that. And I did that for like three years. And then all of a sudden I had more tungsten than I needed. Uh, or actually, yeah. <laughs> and I ended up using it, but it was, it was four or five years worth of tungsten, which was great. But I did that specifically because I knew I wanted to fish with it and I was making YouTube videos and stuff like that. But budget your money, pull a little bit out each month for your tackle and don't go over it is the biggest thing. Um, getting my first baitcaster this month was looking at the Abu Garcia Pro Max and the Lose Mach 2. Any thoughts? I'm going to look that up. Lose Mach Two. Uh, that must be one of their inexpensive ones. Because um, it comes with a combo. Yep. 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 Uh, Lose is decent. Their they're more expensive ones are good, are really good. I, I've been using 13 for about five years now. And what I recommend for a first bait caster <coughs> in the 13 line is the origin series either origin a for 80 bucks or the origin c for a hundred dollars really really good my son uses them i've had a couple of them for two years really beat the crap out of them and they lasted quite a bit so that's that's what i would look at if you're interested in what i'm sponsored by you know 13 fishing which is who i'm sponsored by but lose out of those two uh lose has a better reputation uh than abu garcia does so uh, I'm a bank fisherman hoping to get a kayak soon, but in the meantime, stuck on the bank. I've been struggling to get anything to bite and I know I'm doing what I need to. Any suggestions? Um, dude, I've been there. I, I bank fished for about 12 years from the time I got serious about bass fishing until I bought my first boat when I was, uh, how old I was 31 or something like that. But anyway, uh, what I would do typically is what I do when I'm a bank fisherman is I walk a lot and I look for, for life shallow. I want to see minnows. I want to see a lot of minnows. I want to see little ticks on the surface. I'm looking for life on the bank. And I, if I don't see a lot of it, I'm still walking and I don't even make very many casts. You know, I may make two or three and if I don't get bit in those two or three, I'm going to keep going until I start seeing an area of the lake has a lot of action and a lot of life and then i'm going to take my time and that's usually where i catch fish so uh hey damon's answering the question about where to go near rome that's awesome uh clemson sorry man uh thank you for teaching us all truly appreciate it fish santee cooper today for the first time Got to go with former pro with a former pro. It was a blast. Favorite shaky head worm and favorite wacky rig hook. My favorite shaky head worm is the the BFF, the 13 fishing uh, bass fishing finesse. Uh, is is a it's been a phenomenal shaky head just because they changed they they changed the salt content. They made it float. They did a bunch of things to it that's just a really good shaky head worm. Uh, favorite wacky wacky rig hook is the Zoom. Uh, or not Zoom, Gamagatsu uh, Wacky Rig Hook. Uh, Wheelless Wacky Rig Hook is what I use almost exclusively. So, um, uh, Fission says, hey, big, hey, brother, big fan here. Been watching you for a couple of years. I've been fishing for about eight years, but recently got into rod and reel combinations. Can you recommend me a good all-purpose combo? Medium heavy, seven foot three. So if you if you prefer uh, fishing like jigs and Texas rigs and, and things on the bottom and heavier baits like, like buzz baits and, and stuff like that, a medium heavy is perfect for you. If you like fishing spinner baits and crank baits and uh, spooks, topwater walking baits, uh, that kind of stuff, then you want to look for a medium fast action rod. 
Um, so that's what I would suggest. I want to have one of each at least, um, a medium fast, a medium heavy fast or uh, extra fast. And then um, the other one, I, the third one I would have is a spinning rod in a medium just to, to take care of finesse things and that kind of stuff. So uh, you got your per PB, your new personal best, seven pounds or seven and a half pounds. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, BC Fishing, brother, thanks for the $10. Hold on, let me get a drink. <coughs> it's the Corona. I got Corona. Oh, man. Holy cow, there's 200 people watching me. Hey, y'all, how you doing? Who else new here? That's what I want to know. With 200 folks, I want to know who's, who, who's new here. All right, BC Fishing, man. Again, thanks for the $10. You guys that donate, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, you don't have to, I don't, I don't hold a gun to your head, but man, when you do, it's awesome. He says, Hey Gene, thanks for everything uh, you do. I'm 19 and have been fishing tournaments for the past year or so going out this weekend to try to film my first video. Any tips for starting a channel? Yes. Start, stop talking about starting, stop telling people you're going to start Start making your videos when you have 20, 20 videos out, get a hold of me and I would love to go watch them and kind of give you kind of the ins and outs and stuff like that of what I've learned over the years and things like that. But start, uh, make all the mistakes you want to make, learn about uh, uh, video editing, learn about uh, how, to, how, to, how to video yourself or just, you know, frame yourself and that kind of stuff get a good microphone and learn how to use it. I've had, that's the biggest issue I've had over the years is audio, but have fun with it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't do it, but it's a blast, man. Awesome. Thanks for the $10. Whoo. Oh, who else? Noe uh, Juarez, man. Thanks for the 10 bucks, brother. He says, I just got selected to go be a drill sergeant. Oh no. <laughs> I'm trying to throw everything at the uh, the lake before the trial. Uh, have you fished Lake Elmer Thomas at Fort Seal and what to throw in clear water? I have not, but in clear water, the bass like to be a little deeper. Um, the things I like to throw are all natural colored baits. I, I would throw a shaky head worm, really, or a Ned rig if you've just got to go catch fish. And, uh, man, I had some great drill sergeants in the Army, by the way, so have fun with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, light line, throw a little bit deeper than you think you should and fish a lot slower with, a, with finesse worms on a shaky head or something like that. And you'll be just fine. That's awesome, man. Thanks for your service, by the way, but man, drill sergeant, you're, you're in for some fun and challenges and that kind of stuff. So my drill sergeants all loved me. I was a perfect soldier. I really was. <laughs> all right. Let's keep rocking and rolling. Thanks for the $10, man. Or Sergeant, should I say? Thanks. Thanks for the 10 bucks. Um, David Carver. Hey, Gene, how'd you do today? Won't say where you were uh, at, but I was there too. Wish I could have uh, met you personally. David, if you ever see me, come on up. Seriously, you can come right up to me. Ask Damon, and you could literally fish right next to me, and we'll have a great conversation. I'll just show you how to catch all the fish. Um, but yeah, dude, come say hi to me. I did pretty good. I caught a five pounder and some threes, uh, just enough to squeak in front of Damon in our tournament by a quarter of an inch. I hope he's still on here. Cause I love me and him trash talk all day. It's a lot of fun. Oh goodness. Um, Ralph rookie. He says, I've been watching you all year and now have a question. I have a pedal drive kayak and planning on fishing more of the KBF trail next year. I want to add a motor but not sure if the motor guide XI3 mounted in on front or a torpedo on the back. What is your feelings as you're using both? And uh, we're only allowed one. And thanks for all your info. You much appreciated. Now, that's great, Ralph. I'm glad you asked that question. I was probably the driving force behind KBF asking the questions or Chad asking the question about should we make the rule to where we can have two motors on the boat? Because I love my torpedo on the back and my XI3 on the front. They're both different motors. They're used for different things. And it's not very advantageous to run them both at the same time. It actually sucks. <clears throat> but if I had to choose between the two, which I have to, I'm going to choose the XI3 all day long. 
mainly because it is quiet. It steers better, but I'll, I'll get something in a minute. Steers better and it has, it get the one with the spot lock and you don't ever, you won't ever have to use an anchor deep again. Um, it also allows you to stand up and fish while, while it's, it's moving in one direction because it has a GPS and you get it set on a heading and you hit, hit a button and it stays on that heading at that speed. And you can fish an entire bank line standing up in your kayak. I love the XI3. The Torquedo is advantageous to get you there fast. And that's it. Get you there and get you home. So if I had both, was able to use both of them, I would have the Torquedo on the back to get me there and get me back. And the, I'd fish with the XI3. If you're going to run only the XI3 on the front of your boat, you need to have a rudder on the back. Uh, or it will start to do this number as you're, um, it'll start to weave back and forth as you're going. So biggest thing is you got to have something in the back to keep you straight. So good question. Woo. Uh, barbecue Buccaneer, man, you must, mm, me and I love smokers. I got one on the back porch. I've been smoking meat for a lot of years, but anyway, barbecue. Welcome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm super new, uh, just started watching, following for a couple of months now. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you guys are new, make sure you subscribe, by the way. Uh, what has happened to your review channel? I got sick and tired of when I made a review of something that everybody got their butt hurt because they didn't like my opinion. And I really just, it got me so down in the dumps with all the jackass comments. Oops, sorry. Uh, all the jackleg comments that I just was like, you know what? This ain't even worth it. And so I stopped and I'd much rather teach you guys than to talk about product. And I could have made a lot of money on that thing sponsor wise and that kind of stuff. But there's just too many jack legs out there that I that it just made it not fun. And so I, I backed away from it. So maybe I'll have another channel doing something else. I don't know. So welcome everybody that's new. I'm seeing all your comments. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, any ice fishing this year? Probably not. Um, I'd love to. It was a lot of fun. If I had a snowmobile and a you know, and an auger and everything I needed, I'd love to do it. Maybe thirteen fishing will have another uh, get together and we'll be able to do that. But sitting in a in an ice house and fishing all day is not my idea of a good time. So, but yeah, maybe if I maybe if I get up there later on, I'd, I'd love to. February February I'm usually down in Florida though. So, uh, Rocky Lloyd says. I'm new. Me and my kids have been watching your videos and learn a bunch. That's awesome, man. That's one of my biggest things is I try to keep it as clean as I can so you can sit down with your kids on your lap and watch and then you're not going to worry about what I'm going to say. Sorry about that cuss word earlier. Um, <laughs> you're not going to worry about what I'm going to say. So awesome. Um, Roger E got a new boat. That's awesome. What video editing software would you use? Recommend that is fairly inexpensive. I started out with uh, Elements, with uh, uh, Adobe Elements, and that was $100 or something back then. I don't know what it is now. Um, very good, very inexpensive one. And back when you could buy it at the store and bring it and download it onto your computer, it was nice because I would buy last year's version for 50 bucks and use it for three or four years and then go when it was time to upgrade. I'd buy last year's version for 50 bucks. And so that's kind of how I did it for years, but I would get a good one that you actually purchase. The free ones are great for basic stuff, but when you want to advance up, you've got to learn a whole new system in order to advance up to a better one. So Jose Rio says, how much of a difference does an eight pound leader? Oops. I just lost your comment. There it goes. Uh, how much different does an eight pound leader make compared to let's say 10 pound? Moreover, what, what exactly? the benefit of a lighter leader like eight pound compared to 15 when you use one over the other. Okay. This is going to get into stuff that I don't, I've never proven myself. I, I've seen results kind of. And so eight pound and less in clear water, I've, I've seen the, I've seen where it's made difference, but a biologist once told me, he says anything less than eight pounds of fluorocarbon, the bass can't see. Anything bigger than eight pounds, they probably can see, but not enough to spook them. So that's kind of how, how he put it. But um, the lighter the line, the more action you get out of your bait, uh, the less the bass gets, the, the less they can feel, I think. But the biggest thing is, is that it's the action and you're in, you can, um, 
oh gosh, how can I explain this? I'm 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 thinking of a shaky head in my head in my in my head or a drop shot even. You sh you throw a drop shot on five on six pound test, <coughs> and you can get a lot more action. Ten pound test that stiffer line reduces the action. Fifteen pound, same. It reduces the action. It also makes your leader knot a lot bigger going through your guides, and that can be an issue. So. That's kind of my thought behind it. There's a lot more to it than that. Maybe I'll have to make a video. But uh, the biggest thing is, is is the bass being able to see it. Woo. I think I feel like I went around my elbow to get to my butt. So, sorry. Um, Big Red Bass says, hey, Gene, what do you do when you see large schools on the graph but can't get any bites? Tried several baits. So, if I see large schools of bass, if they are close to the bottom, if they're like all on the bottom, I can catch them. If they're suspended off of the bottom and they kind of look, you know, look like there's some shallow and some a little bit deeper and some a little bit deeper, it tells me that if they're suspended, largemouth aren't going to bite very good. It's going to be tough. I'm going to grab a drop shot and I'm going to put a longer leader on it and try to get that leader above their head or get the bait above their head. And I'm going to sit there and shake it in front of their nose as long as I can. Um, but most bass schools will stay close to the bottom or on the bottom of hard, hard bottom. They won't stay close to the mud. Um, like today, today I was fishing a roadbed and these bass were out on the roadbed and they were cruising up and down the roadbed. But as soon as the sun went down a little bit, started to get low in the sky, they pulled off of that roadbed and they started to cruise up and down that roadbed with schools of bait fish. And they were eating those bait fish. And the way I caught them then was I grabbed a spoon and started to flip it along the edge of that roadbed, but not let it sink down to the bottom and just start jerking it up, let it fall back down about two foot off. And I caught two more bass. So anyway, oh, Danny Romero, Danny, man, what's going on? Danny makes the most amazing kayak trailers on the market. He does it out of his garage. He's a fellow veteran, of my, a veteran and a good friend of mine. And hopefully one day he'll get it, get around to building mine because he's got a list a mile long to build. So, which is awesome. I think it's great. So welcome, Denny. Ooh. Uh, just tried to send $10, got a failure error. Sorry, man. You impressed me with two times, the two times we met. That's awesome, man. That's okay. No biggie. You might want to check your bank account. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, Gene, uh, just checking in to see uh, what I'm spending money on this week in tackle. Seems like every time I watch your videos, it costs me money. Tim, if you're going to spend money now, go to my videos and click on my affiliate link to Tackle Warehouse, and then I get paid. Uh, not a lot, like pennies. But anyway, yeah, I have an affiliate link to Tackle Warehouse. But yeah, dude, I, I, I kind of have that that effect on people. I don't have any baits to show you on my, I got a flashlight, but that's it on my desk. I don't have any baits to try to show off, but uh, definitely. Uh, Damon, I see your comment. I'm not going to respond. <laughs> uh, your chick, Belov. I went fishing last weekend, not a bite, tried all types of soft plastics. Any tips for this time of the year? Um, Typically, if you're not getting a bite and you tried everything in your tackle box, it usually has to do with the fact that the fish aren't there. Um, you have to move around till you find the fish. <coughs> Typically, this time of the year, the fish are shallow. They're going to be eating, feeding on bait fish. And if you can find the bait fish, you can find the bass. And that was my problem this week is I knew they were shallow. I was a fish for three days shallow. There was some bait fish up there, but there were no bass. And it took me that long to figure it out and go deep. And I found it started catching them deep. So. Uh, Ray Ray's vlog. If I go fishing on my pond, will the hooks hurt my fish? Um, the a, a fish does not have the part of the brain that feels pain. And so, no, they're not going to be hurting. What you're doing is when they fight, they're trying to get back into the safety of wherever you just took them from is what they're trying to do. They knew it, know there's something not right, and they're going to fight. Some bass or some fish fight really hard. Some don't fight at all, like a walleye doesn't fight at all. It just comes up like a wet sock. But uh, 
goodness <laughs> denny says funny that's uh that it's coming very soon no rush man i don't mind yeah you told me march and i'm okay with mark uh, uh goodness bought a boat last year a ranger i've already upgraded my units but for a non-tournament bass fisherman would upgrading a trolling motor to a spot lock or a talon power pole um, spot lock, dude, is what I would get before power pole. And then I'd get it. The reason is, is that you're going to, you fish your boats in deeper than eight feet of water a lot. Power poles are really, really helpful if you're fishing in Florida where they're always shallow. <coughs> if you find your fish yourself fishing shallow lakes a lot, I have power poles on my Alumacraft and they literally, uh, I use them a lot on certain lakes, but most of the lakes I've been fishing this summer, and even now in the fall, I'm fishing offshore and I really don't need the power poles, but I use that spotlight troll motor every single day. So definitely the, uh, I use the tour pro the, the motor guide tour pro, um, it's the new one out and I, and it's, it's amazing how still that thing keeps you in the water. Let's see. What did Roger E ask? Gene, if you had to choose between early morning and late afternoon, when would you fish? Um, depends on how late I stayed up the night before. No, <laughs> ask Damon. I came up, I came out at ten o'clock today. Um, honestly, I'm the type of guy that will fish that loves to fish from the time you can see to the time you can't see. So from sun up to sundown, I've been known to do that a lot. But if I had to choose between the two, early morning would be my favorite most of the year this time of the year as it gets colder and colder i'm going to switch to later in the afternoon but uh but early in the morning just because the bass are going to stay shallow until that sun hits the water and in the late afternoon um there's always a period of time from the time the sun gets about oh an hour before dark or before it goes down till about an hour after after it goes down is a dead time where it, you usually don't catch nearly as many fish as you think you should. And then it starts to kick back up again. So that's why in the morning they're going to bite until that sun gets on the water. And it usually gives you an hour or two or three hours to, to really have some fun when it's, when it's already daylight. So good question. I love that one. Jennifer Ellis, how you doing? She said, how long should you wait to change your bait? If you aren't having any look, luck, as soon as you lose confidence in that bait, is when you change. That was one of the things that absolutely changed the, the my success in fishing, changed the way I fish or anything else is I had, I got to the point where I could, I could realize that I had lost confidence in either the bait or the spot I was fishing. And I got to where I stopped myself. Well, we'll give it a little bit longer. Well, we'll try this a little bit longer, you know, just I stopped doing that. And now when I lose confidence in a bait, I don't care if I just tied it on and I made the cast, I'm going to unhook it and I'm going to tie something else on and go fi and fish it. So that's basically what changed my, my fishing. You got to be able to recognize that the faster you recognize that the more fish you're going to catch. So <laughs> Hayden, who disliked the stream? I don't really care if they like it or don't like it. Uh, I do have a lot of anti-fishermen or there's YouTube has a lot of anti-fishermen that go around to YouTube videos and fishing videos and they'll click the disc button. It's still, it, it's still engagement. YouTube still sees it engagement. It actually is a positive for me. So no big deal. Uh, Oxidized fishing says, Hey fluke used your tips from your last Friday night stream and went to soap Creek last Sunday caught two. When, when I'm using a fluke, do I want it weightless or weighted Clark's Hill Lake? Uh, weightless. Put a big swivel about 18 to 20 inches in front, though, like a, I can't remember the size. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, a large swivel. That gives you a little bit of weight. And if you use a fluorocarbon leader, then it'll help that help that uh, fluke sink just enough. So. Oh. Let's see. How long do you typically keep a bait or lure on before change? Oh, yeah. Or some, I just answered that question for somebody else. Stefan, what's going on? <laughs> Dude, you caught me live about three minutes before I got off. That's pretty good, brother. Oh, goodness. Stefan's my Stefan is my brother, man. Uh, when we met years, several years ago, it was it was brothers at first sight. It was awesome. So good to see you, brother. 
Um, let's see. Uh, the famous Gene Jensen. Yes, you spelt my name right. Uh, dude, you've helped me so much in my bass fishing. You're the man. Thanks, brother. All right, before we jump off of here, uh, stuck on fluke. You guys, don't forget, go to my website. Get yourself a – hold on a second. Let me do this. Stephen Guthrie, what's up, man? Oh, goodness. Anyway, sorry. Um, get a sticker off my website. And then what you do is you stick it on something, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, hashtag stuck on fluke, tag me. You uh, At the end of the month, I draw make a drawing, and I draw um, a winner, and the winner gets a $50 gift card to Tackle Warehouse, $50 gift card to my website, and then turn around and I, uh, the, it, next spring, I will draw a name out of the winners and we will go fishing together, basically. I'll come to your house, pick you up, and we'll go fishing. That's the deal. So anyway, be sure to do that. Uh, the more the merrier. But uh, guys, I really, really do appreciate you joining me. I'm sorry I didn't get to everybody's question. Uh, we will do this again next week, same time. I'm going to try to get start getting guests on here. So uh Bear with me. Uh, they're going to be some pretty good guests. The one I want has a live event on Friday nights. So I'm going to have to may have to change the uh, the time a little bit to get him on here, but uh, but definitely we're going to start doing a little bit little little few things different to get you guys a little bit uh, different uh, uh, look on things. So anyway, like I say, be sure to introduce introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go and catch a fish, and have a great day. We'll see. You.